listener production. You're listening to episode 98 of the Howie Games, part B, featuring footballer and coach Kevin Musket. On with the show. Melbourne victory, a um, couple of flags as the coach and yeah. flag as the player in, in footy terms in this part of the world. I watched your presser this morning. Um, and I say this with a smile on my face. You're a big crybaby. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was tears and pauses, um, yeah. which I loved because I, I love to see emotion in sport. So yeah. now sitting there, what does that football yeah. club mean to you? Um, oh, it still you know, holds a, a great place uh, in my heart. Uh, and uh, the reality, I mean, at the time of it, I was... 45, let's say, or I was 45. So I'd spent 15 years there. So I'd spent, uh, you know, two, a third of my life, you know, at the football club. So uh, And you were yeah. there from the start, weren't you, that, yeah, that inaugural and, year? Yeah, and there from the start. So you can imagine in that period of time where, uh, you know, I'd built some real good relationships and, and friendships, um, you know, through the, the building of the club, through the success that we had. Celebrating 14 strong years together. And also the success that uh, we've earned together. <laughs> you know, just something was telling me it was uh, uh, the time was right, and uh, uh, I wanted to leave uh, with uh, all the relationships that I'd created intact. Uh, I didn't want, you know, um, anybody to be put in a position where. Um, you know, they'd, uh, you know, have to do something that, uh, whether it be me or whether it be... So I, I just, in the end, I think, well, hopefully I've left there and everybody's thinking, well, you know, uh, the decision I made was uh, uh, for the right reasons. Um, and uh, I, I certainly believe that all the relationships are still intact and uh, I'm pretty sure that's the case. Um, and, uh, you know, when I look back on it again, I try and look at the positives and it was some bloody journey to create a... Uh, be involved in playing a small part, small role in creating uh, uh, a football club uh, to the stature and size that it uh, that it is now. That first premiership you won with them as captain, that must yeah. be a, yeah. a special moment, a grand final win. Yeah, the first one was. Uh, I mean, look, they're all. Uh, it's uh, it's you, when you start to try and compare and, and pick. It's like mm. you know trying to pick your favourite child. It's uh, you you you, uh, you don't want to just you know you, you don't. Yeah. They're all special in their own way. For, if if for me, um, you know, when I uh, look at them, yeah, the first one's always the hardest. I present to you your champions, Melbourne Victory. And then uh, the second one. Uh, uh, was was great. Very heavy challenge by Seleski, but the final whistle is blown, and Melbourne Victory have won the A League Championship for a second time. The home faithful can now c- proclaim victory is ours. They've completed the triple crown, pre season cup, premiers plates, and now the grand final in one season. And you know the first one. Um, as a as a manager, you know, because I got to you know really feel and see what it meant to so many more people. Because as a player, mate, you just mate, you know, where are we going for a drink tonight? And mate, who's putting on the barbie tomorrow? And mate, it's all about you know you you, you seclude yourself in a little group. Whereas leading into the first one as a manager, I could see 
you know, the, the, the membership department and the ticketing department, you know, putting in 14 hour days, mate, to make sure that everyone's got tickets. So I can see the club organising, uh, you know, all the hotels for families and, and friends and, and individual people. It's, I mean, we say the club, but it's, it's somebody's responsibility and, and the stress is on people to make sure that, you know, the captain's wife and kids are right and, the, you know, all, all the, so I'm seeing these people actually and I go, mate, these people actually bloody care. You know, as a player, you don't recognise that. You know, without and, and no player will tell me that's a case. So I've, uh, I, but then to see it, you know, what it meant, in the, you know, the chairman's, uh, you know, with the board calling us in to wish us well, and you know, you've got grown men almost crying about it. You know, like you know, it's, uh, it was staggering. So the first one as a coach, uh, you know, I could, you know, the helicopter vision, if you like the old phrase, you know, I could see what it meant to everybody else. Lee Brooks and busting a gut to make it four. Calfella slides it through. It's Lee Brookson! Game over! The grand final one for Melbourne victory through Lee Brookson. And Amy Park is all navy blue. That was bloody special, but the... And then the last one, obviously, to the, the dr- degree of difficulty to, you know, beat Sydney the way we did with, uh, you know, uh, the best goal ever scored in uh, not only A-League history, but world of football, Terry Antonis' uh, goal against uh, Sydney. Tonis had no right to get through there, really, but still he goes on. O'Neill giving chase for Lawley. Still Terry Antonis! Has he won it for Melbourne victory? The villain turned hero in navy blue. Runs to accept the adulation of the victory fans. Are they heading to a sixth grand final? Uh, and then go across to Newcastle and uh, and beat them. And there it is. Kevin Musket's team are the record breakers. A fourth championship for Melbourne victory as 30,000 Newcastle hearts are broken. Uh, a bloody unbelievable uh, game and, and an unbelievable night of celebrations. Just a couple more football questions for you, then I've got a couple of coaching questions for you. Yeah. Um, frequent listeners to this show, Kev, will know that my kids ask questions of the guest. <laughs> um, and you, uh, you'll get my daughter later on, but uh, now for a man that he doesn't remember a great deal, this might be tricky, but my <laughs> son is eight, started playing AFL, played soccer the year before. Okay. Uh, this year he's not sure what he's going to do. Yeah. His name is Mac, but he rolls musky as the big penguin. Okay. That's his nickname. This is the question he has for you, Muskie. <laughs> Big Penguin. Hi, Muskie. Big Penguin here. Last year I played footy for the under and I'm only eight. I didn't score a goal, but I know it's coming. I know <laughs> it's coming this year. What's the best goal you've ever scored? Oh, Big Penguin. I didn't score. It should be. It should be uh, easier for me because I didn't get too many, uh, and and the and the majority of them were from the penalty spot. Being a defender, um, I scored a couple of good goals. Uh, you know, throughout my career, one for Australia against uh, Hungary in Hungary, uh, where uh, you know, I was playing it right back and uh, you know put it in the top corner across my body and. Uh, we end, we ended up beating them three one. Uh, it was a good goal. I scored a uh, Boxing Day goal for Wolves against Ipswich. Uh, family was over again uh, from distance. Uh, but for a range of things, uh, uh, I'd still go back to that uh, goal at uh, uh, against Uruguay at the MCG for for the number of reasons that I you know articulated earlier. I love it. The only other uh, question I have for you about playing. Um, 
and I like entertainment and I like sizzle in my sport and you always provided it. Um, you and Johnny Cosmina on the sidelines, <laughs> still one of my favourite <laughs> A-League memories. I'm sure you get yeah. asked a lot about it. What happened? Now, Kevin Muska and John Cosmina having a real set two on the sideline. Oh, again, you know, I can, you know, when, when you ask me to come on out, I go, oh, well, mate, I've not, probably not got much to say, but every time I think of a story, it takes forever. But long story short, we'd, we'd won the first seven games that year. We went on to win everything that year. Uh, and this was yeah. the eighth, eighth game, and we were at home, and it was a decent crowd, and we were losing 1-0. Uh, so the ball goes out and I've known Cosy for a long time and uh, he's still every time we meet now I ask him uh, we've, we've you know I've apologised and all that type of stuff and, but I said well just be honest mate tell me that you were holding the ball away from me on purpose and he, he still denies to this day right he's, uh, <laughs> uh, and I, I'm not having it because we were losing one deal, the time was run down trying to get the ball back and he was actually holding the ball away from his body and I couldn't reach it so I've gone well mate you, you're pissing me off here well, this is not really what we want to see. And Matthew Breeze has got some sorting out to do here. It's a yellow card for uh, Kevin Musket. And mm. still the debate goes on. As he went to get the ball, and John Cosmina saying that Kevin Musket pushed him off his chair. Uh, I've nudged him over, and uh, the, the footage following that has got to be some of the funniest footage uh, of professional <laughs> sport. Because really, Vidmar's trying to like keep us apart. His hand creeps up to my throat. Uh, John Cosmina now, he wants to belt me, and I, at the time I'm thinking, go on then, take a swing, you know what I mean? Because I'm just, I'm not going to retaliate here, he'll get sent off. Well, he did, he shoved him off his chair, didn't he? John Cosmina, whilst you're uh, watching the replay, has been sent to the stands, and the Melbourne Victory fans are giving the, re- the reception that you might anticipate, and it's ending in uproar here at Telstra Dome. Uh, and it was the funniest thing ever. And I'm like, I can look at it now, and my arms are out, and I'm going, like, I'm thinking, I'm showing, what you, what's wrong with you? What's, and I'm going, mate, you've just pushed him over, mate, in front of 30,000 people, mate. What, what do you reckon? He's not going to be annoyed? Uh, yeah, some funny footage. <laughs> um, yeah. hey, I'm, I'm fascinated. You could have, I think this is the gist of what I really wanted to ask you coming on. You could have stayed in the A-League and stayed at the biggest club, Melbourne Victory, and continued mm. on your way and had success and been a really, really big fish in a pretty big pond. Mm. You mentioned in the prelude to this that you got on a plane and went to England with your partner and you find yourself in Belgium, Belgium, Belgium as a coach yeah. now. It's a pretty ballsy move, though, for, for a bloke in your age mm. and stage and a family to support. Yeah, look, uh, fortunately uh, for me, I was, you know, comfortable in the decision I made and, uh, you know, obviously uh, I was sitting in Australia and it always, I was uh, under no illusion of, you know, what the rest of the world, you know, when they, when how much thought they give us in Australia in relation to football and what they thought of us in relation to football. So, you know, that was my starting point. Then I thought, well, I can just sit here and I did have one, one or two interviews uh, via Skype with some with some clubs, um, but just felt it was more token gesture type thing, and uh, you know, uh, in the UK and in the US, um, and I didn't really feel that you know I could uh, articulate myself or I couldn't present myself in the best possible way because it's over was Skype. That, 
was that because you couldn't plug yourself in or hear anything oh, like at the no. start of this discussion? No, like, I'm not giving you a job if you're trying no, to fire had, up the system you were rolling. No, had, <laughs> no with, with the, something so serious, I had the IT department in, mate, and everyone okay. had the kids in. I had the, the IT department, so kids, I had the IT department set me up. But I, so then I, I said to myself, well, so, you know, what's the end goal? Yeah, okay, you want to uh, work overseas, you want to work abroad. And then I went through the process of, uh, um, you know, what, what needs to happen for that, for the outcome to become, for the outcome to become reality. Uh, so in, interviews, this, that and the other. And then, you know, the first thing that, that I, I said to myself after, you know, reflecting is, uh, mate, you've got to be in front of people. Okay, so that was the first thing. So now I've become a process, right? The first thing I need to do is get in front of people, network, re-network, go to games, watch games, get yourself up to speed with... Uh, so then, because one or two of the interviews was, um, oh, you know, but you've been away for 15 years. You know, so, you know, things... And, you know, it annoyed me. It, it annoyed me yeah. because... But ultimately, the, the, they're, they're the people with the power, mate. It's like the journalist. You never take on the bloke with a pen, mate, because he, he, no. he writes the... And so, okay, okay, so, you know, because I always thought when they, you know, and I wanted to grow a pair of balls at the time, I go, well, mate, football's still football, mate. It's, you know, what do I know about football, not what do I know about the, you know, the US you know, major league. You know, I, I know about football. So, but... So then I go, well, you know, bugger it, I've got to get in front of people. So, you know, we packed up and we go, okay, we'll go across and... Uh, so we based ourselves uh, in London, in South London, uh, and you know through my connections, I was I was at a game every day, whether it was an under twenty three game, uh, whether it was a, a Division two game, whether it was the Champions League uh, in the evening. I was watching at, that at a game at, at a game to get a feel for the way the football is being played, everything. or to make yourself visible, or the whole works. Yeah. Everything, everything, you know, getting wow. on radio, uh, you know, getting the games and, you know, I'd, uh, you know, a good mate of mine is now the sports director of Crystal Palace, so, you know, I'd have director's box tickets, you know, uh, my agent organised director's box tickets. So, you know, I'm, you know, rubbing shoulders and saying g'day to people and then you'd walk into a room and you'd know somebody or some, you'd know of somebody that, you know, you could make, okay. and he'd introduce you to people. So I just felt that I needed to re-network to eliminate this theory of, or the easy way out, I called it. That the easier way out, oh, you know, you've been away for 15 years, you've been in Australia, you know, what do you know about uh, the championship? Uh, you know, like, so, yeah, I know in the championship they play bloody football, mate. That's what I know. <laughs> like, but, I hope you, know, you told him that. Yeah, well, I don't, I, I don't think that would have went down too well, but that's what I bloody felt like saying, you know. So, but, again, it was just the... Uh, because would they be saying that to, uh, you know, a South American coach or would they be saying that uh, about... No, it's the stigma of Australia and, mate, they want to... Dis- because I, I was, you know, well aware and I wasn't uh, disappointed when I got there, you know, about the feedback about Australia and I wasn't disappointed. What, what is the view? What, what well, is the view in a well, nutshell? Well, if the view uh, is ex- accelerated from, you know, what we view ourselves because we're our own worst enemies, uh, Harry, in Australia because... Uh, you know the the Australian public and even the not all the owners, but uh, you know we we don't we underestimate our own because you know yeah, right. we automatically assume because you know someone's got a um, uh, a foreign name and and he's a foreigner and and works in a country that's got a rich history in football he must be a good coach. Huh. 
you know, I, mean, I, I sense that in Australia, and I, I, you know, yeah, right. you know, people with Ange, and uh, you know, we, we're starting to uh, dismiss that now. But you know, Ange is still, uh, you know, not only a friend and a, a confidant, he's a bit of a mentor as well. And, and you know, listening to, you know, he captained the the nation. Uh, he coached the nation to an Asian Cup final, mate. He he had the nation playing the best football. Uh, in my opinion, that uh, the nation's seen because in my era. Uh, and yes. yet, you know, and, and yet, you know, he was thinking, well, mate, even then, because he's Australian, it was being held against him. So, you know, based on those conversations, I go, well, you know, the rest of us haven't got a hope, a, a chance in hell, mate. So that again told me that I needed to be in front of people. Um, anyway, so, so it's spent- a pretty big, it's, it, yeah. you got, it's a, it's a pretty, um, I would imagine, humbling step. Like, they said where you've been for 15 years. Well, you've been building a football club around you as a, yeah. as a captain, as a coach. Like you, you've built or been very involved in building an organisation and then you're yeah. pretty much just sort of going around handing yeah. your resume out. Like that, that is, it's pretty yeah. humbling. If, 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 I can, if I can draw a comparison to the feeling that I got, uh, yep. and, and, um, and even then I'd, like, I'd speak to a, a, my Dougie, my mate at Palace, who helped me organise it, and I said, mate, be honest with me. What, so, you know, from Australia, and he goes, mate, they look upon it, the biggest comparison I can make to it, they look upon what we do in Australia uh, as a hobby. Like football in Australia is like a hobby. Uh, Because the the arrogance, whether you want to call it arrogance or ignorance, uh, and sometimes it's a fine line between the both, um, yeah. uh, you go to England, uh, you're in England, uh, as far as they're concerned, football is not played outside of their shores, mate. You go to, you know, in Belgium here, uh, arrogance or ignorance again, you know, they, as far as they're concerned, mate, no one else plays football like, or knows anything about football outside of their borders here in Belgium because they trust and respect their own. Whereas, you know, I hope to one day uh, for us to get into that uh, position um, about our own uh, coaches. And I mean football coaches, soccer coaches in Australia because I think they do it pretty well. Uh, in the NRL uh, and in the AFL, um, uh, with the the respect that they show their the coaches, it's different. So, so h- how did you overcome this to become the man in Belgium, the job you're sitting in now? Like, how did that happen? Like, what did you do? Um, um, networking, networking, as I said, uh, Howie, networking and an opportunity uh, come with. Uh, with a team uh, in Belgium who had uh, foreign investment, foreign ownership. Uh, I'd uh, made contact through the Champions League um, uh, with Victory. I'd made some contacts. Um, and uh, albeit we didn't, uh, again, you know, albeit we didn't um, get succeed in terms of um, the, you know, how we, how we fared in the ACL, but... Uh, believe it or not, there was people that were impressed with the way we played. Uh, okay. But again, you know, again, in Australia, easy to shoot the, uh, ourselves down uh, because, like we said, it sells. So, you know, apparently, you know, we never uh, played well and we never done well because we didn't get out the group stages often enough and all those things. But there were people that were taking notice and uh, I gained some a little bit of a reputation from that. Um, so uh, when I, I, I was in London and the phone call came about uh, St Truden as a club and spoke to the, the CEO and um, he'd only made contact with me based on, you know, the way uh, he's seen us play and the contacts uh, that he'd 
uh, done his due diligence with and um, wanted to go down that path. So we come across to, to Belgium and, again, you know, uh, being in London, it was easy to get across here. Um, yeah. A couple, couple of hours you're in Bru- uh, Brussels. Uh, and then uh, interviewed once, presented uh, a second time. Uh, how long does that go third? for? Like, you, you, oh. like your presentation, how long does it go for? In a nut- and again, in a nutshell. Is it like, is it, is it no. PowerPoints and diagrams yeah. or is it just... Like, what is it? No, it was uh, because I, uh, I knew what they were after uh, in terms of the way they wanted to, the new owners wanted to change the philosophy and the, the style of play. Um, I knew basically what to show. So, yeah, it was uh, PowerPoint uh, and then uh, it carried on into lunch uh, where, you know, I had my computer out and mate, it was, you know, two or three hours, the first uh, first meeting. Um, and then, as I said, wow. uh, I had to come back out and uh, liked what I heard. Um, and believed it could uh, uh, believed it could work, and uh, you know, forge. I mean, and then Howie, there was because of uh, the because of the licensing that I've got in Australia. I've done my licensing in Australia, uh, where that offered me the job, and uh, because I told them I'd got this, so then I'd have to get on what's called a pro license because I've done it in an a, in Australia, uh, and mm. Europe doesn't recognise any of them. So, you know, oh, so then when there was two or three opportunities where they must have been thinking, you know what, this is all too bloody hard, mate, you know, let's get someone else. Uh, and the, the loyalty and they kept persisting to the point where uh, I'm, I haven't been the head coach here for, uh, since I got here. Uh, I was given a, a title of uh, technical analysis because uh, I was discussing with UEFA how to get my pro licence accredited or how do I get on a UEFA pro licence. I can't get on a UEFA pro licence because I haven't got the UEFA A licence. So so it was a a long, long, drawn-out process where I was lobbying UEFA, lobbying UEFA, uh, many people uh, uh, on my behalf emailing them and then to the point where uh, they accepted the circumstances were special. Uh, They granted me what's called an interview upon request, uh, which is a whole raft of criteria that I qualified for. Um, so then uh, they conduct this interview and it's basically a football discussion again with the computer out, uh, PowerPoint presentation, all that sort of stuff. And it's just a discussion about football, your philosophies, your training methods, and, you know, your experiences and uh, all that sort of stuff. So anyway, long story short, I go through, I go through all that and they issue me with what's called a, a recognition of competence certificate. So I received that a week before the lockdown started. So uh, it's uh, timing wasn't great, but at the same time it is great because uh, when it gets the competition gets up uh, uh, up and running again, uh, I'm able to uh, uh, take the the field and, and coach the team uh, from the dugout. Uh, whereas my role was more coaching the coaches and developing the, the style of play and the system and all that sort of stuff behind the scenes. Whereas now I'm uh, able to work with this certificate. So yeah, long story short, it was a it was a tough time, mate, because, uh, you know, I thought to myself, well, mate, I've got the break that I'm looking for. Uh, and you know, I went through, jumped through some significant hoops to, to get here and uh, believe that I've earned the opportunity. And then all of a sudden someone goes, well, you can't, uh, we're not allowing you to work here. So, again, uh, the, uh, how, how can I say it again? It just goes to show, you know, where we sit in the scheme of things in world football. 
Back to Kev shortly. Last week, the show featured two-time Brownlow medalist, captain of Fremantle, surfer, traveller and driver of really big rigs, amongst other things, Nat Fife. And I love it. I love it when supporters of other teams or even better, other codes, jump on board with positive feedback about our football guests. And you are all full of love at Mark Howard 03 on socials for Nat's ep and his approach to life. A lot of laughs in this episode, but we also discuss some really, really serious topics. That's the one that scares me, Howie, to be honest. Uh, I can deal with broken legs, shoulder reconstructions, um, soft tissue. I can deal with all those things, but the concussion one and and what that means for your future mm. is is the hard one to try and juggle and justify. Um, I've been knocked out twice now in, in 10 years. And, and when I say knocked out, I mean like out for a couple of minutes, couldn't get... Couldn't remember any of it. Couldn't get myself off the ground. Fremantle have it at ground level. Tabner's kick off. Oh, Fife oh. took a heavy hit there. And battle went in strongly and Fife maybe knocked out here. He took a strong hit to their head and Fremantle players immediately calling for the trainers. Fremantle superstars, you have a look at it. And they clash heads. really hurt. Um, and I've had a number of small incidents since then, and and the biggest thing that's had the effect on my body and is is a concussion, which I have to um, I have to see this osteopath for basically every week before I play. Um, it, it, there's a lot of science around it. We're learning more as we go. At this point in time, when I do the maths in my head, I still I'm still willing to put my body into those situations, and I still see the risk is being worth it um, and I try and make that decision as a 45-year-old me or 55-year-old me, but uh, it's very hard. Um, it's, a, it's a hard one. He's got players on the other side of the ground here. Needs to be good. Ooh. Oh, they run into each other. Robert and uh, Five. Ooh. Five's down. Port still have the footy. Roden's kick out wide. Hitchcock is target. Owes him a goal. Five slow to get up. He's still in the trouble. They've got to stop it. They're sensible by the umpire. Just let him get off. Young man. Yeah, he's in a fair bit of trouble at the moment, uh, heavily concussed. What's the osteopath do every week? Uh, He works with the energies in my body and my head. Um, After I got knocked out the first time in 2010, I spent a year basically with blurred vision and vertigo. I had an operation on my inner ear to try and correct it. Um, I played a game up in the Gabba round one 2011 and I couldn't see the ball against the seats in the background because the Gabba seats are a different colour. And I remember at that point saying I'll happily miss a year of footy just if I can get my quality of life back. That's Nat Fife on episode 97 of the show. Let's get back to Muskie. Hard one to answer briefly. I've taken up enough of your time. What's the key to coaching a successful football team? Oh, there's, I mean, I, I go off, um, there's, there's many things, Howie, as you can imagine. It's not one thing, uh, no. or one thing specific. Uh, but I, I tend to um, uh, uh, not veer uh, too far from this and it's held me in good stead and, uh, because, you know, when I've made, you know, whenever I've been emotional, the uh, majority of the decisions I've made have, uh, have been uh, ordinary. Uh, so, you know, I always go off the first that you're, you're not dealing with players, uh, you're not dealing with a, a manager, you're not dealing with staff, you're, you know, ultimately, you're dealing with people. 
so uh, everything that I go into, uh, whether the, the, the news that I'm about to deliver is great or not, uh, I go into that with the last thing I think of uh, is a person, you're dealing with people, it's not a player, he's a person or she's a person. So how it gets delivered or what's said, ultimately um, I, can, uh, I can live with. Um, because as I said, you know, without that uh, losing context of uh, it's ultimately mm. a person you're talking to uh, can sometimes leave a bad taste in your mouth. And, and if, I, if I get into that sort of zone, I know that I'm uh, less emotional uh, and I can deliver it and make the best decisions possible. Um, so having to do that now, the, the different challenges now with, you know, we've got uh, a Korean player, we've got Japanese players, we've got uh, Argentinians, Brazilians, uh, French, Morocco. We've got a vast range of... De- and so now, even more so ever, than ever before, you know, that human element uh, is paramount. But, I mean, I'm loving the challenge. Uh, uh, I, I feel like I've got so much energy uh, about myself uh, at this point in time. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've, I'm really in a good place, mate. So uh, looking forward to, you know, getting through this situation um, that we all find ourselves in and... Uh, and having a bloody uh, good crack. Is there room f- in modern professional football for the coach to give the team a spray? Like, do you ever pull out the spray or not? Yeah, I mean, now, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is. It's so different to um, to what it is, uh, how, you know, the traditional, you know, spray that, you know, we've uh, been accustomed to. Um, but uh, nowadays it's, you know, it's, I don't know if it's, you know, it has the same uh, response that it maybe once did and, and mm. did it really have a response? Did it really have a response? I don't know. Uh, I just think uh, I don't waste my time, uh, Harry, and, you know, my time, you know, getting emotional and flying, you know, off the handle, uh, you know, by t- we've got 15 minutes from whistle to whistle at half time. Uh, by the time the players get in, you've lost three or four minutes. By the time they get in, you know, you've got three, four. If you've got five minutes, mate, it's eternity. And you're going to spend the first two minutes, you know, uh, you know, getting emotional and spraying people. I go, well, there's not much logic in it, mate, because you, you know, you've got five minutes and you just wasted half of it. So I, I, I try not to, to waste time on things that are, are not going to help. So, so how do you – you just mentioned the multicultural nature of your side. Yeah. How do you deliver a message and a theory and a way forward when you've got yeah. a, a Korean and local blokes in Flemish yeah. and Portuguese and Spanish and yeah. – oh, this is not easy from a boy no. from the western suburbs of Melbourne. It's uh, – I'm, I'm, I'm multilingual helps, Harry, <laughs> but, it's, but it's not me. I'm not <laughs> – Right, <laughs> so it'd be it good, help. but it's not yeah, you. Yeah, it would help. Um, I think <laughs> – all it's done. I mean, uh, I remember doing some stuff uh, through my through my courses and about uh, and 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 doing another course where you know we all learn differently. You know, everyone can retain information uh, uh, some way in some way, but uh, possibly not the way that uh, you're doing it. You know, verbally, visually, all those different things. Where I just look at it now and go, okay, well, I've got a greater challenge because now I've got. Another way because uh, of pe- because of language, the language barrier. So, mm. you know, I've increased uh, the amount of video that we do as a collective. Um, you know, there's you know, translators around, but uh, the translators again, you know, you lose a little bit of um, 
Oh, no, you, lo- you lose something when someone's trying. It's like Chinese intricacy. Whiskey. Yeah, you, you lose. And then, you know, all of a sudden you're, you know, you're really fucking vocal and you're going, and then the translator, and he's so calm, <laughs> he delivers it. So you're losing the, the delivery. You know, de- delivery is half the, half the thing because, yes. you know, you, you get someone up and about because, you know, you're enthusiastic and then the translator is sitting there mate, he's about to fall over, mate, because, you know, he's just doing <laughs> And I go, well, so, so I, I realised quickly that's not working. And then uh, there's one Argentinian uh, boy and uh, we had on loan this year from Inter Milan, uh, Colidio. Uh, he was at the under-17s. He was the best player. He's a, he's a top player. He gets a little bit of English. So uh, I said to him one day, we, were, we had a video session. I said, oh, and I just tested him. I said, I'll bring the translator. And he said to me, no, 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 coach, no, coach. Uh, I can see so, you know, right. even though I'm talking about the, the video, he's in his football mind, he's putting it together. Yeah. So, again, it was just evidence to me when I tested him that, mate, we need to do a little bit more of this uh, and less talk, less talking, so, so to speak. Uh, and, man, I love, I love talking, as you can tell, so it's a little bit challenging for me. <laughs> a couple of quick ones for you before we wind up here. First thing that pops into your mind... Um, the best player you've ever played against? Oh, um, oh, there's, uh, there's, I mean, there's, I've, we played, I played in the Confederations Cup where uh, I was, I would almost said fortunate, but I was unfortunate to have the pleasure of playing against Romario uh, and the Brazilian uh, Ronaldo. Um, oh. So, uh, you know, I can't look past those two, if I'm honest. Then, you know, since then, you know, Zidane's, uh, um, you know, Mark Overmars was really, really, really tough uh, opponent for <laughs> me to play against. Uh, but, you know, those two there, Denilson, who played in the left wing as well, you know, really some difficult opponents, but probably uh, Ronaldo. Wow, Ronaldo. Yeah. Who's the best player you've played with? Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a difficult one because, you know, when you play with players, you, uh, you, you're not only... Uh, when you're playing against someone, you're just purely on their ability. But when you're playing yes. with someone, there's yes. there's emotional things that get involved in your relationship with them. So the definition of best player um, uh, changes for me. Um, so uh, it's you know, I played with some you know you know Mark Vaduka was special um, uh, you know at his time. I'm trying to you know remember Australians more than anything else. Uh, you know, because, you know, at Rangers, you know, it was Ronald De Boer and, um, you know, Michael Arteta and uh, Crystal Palace, Attilio Lombardo. And, but for me, you know, I, I get drawn back to the Aussies and, you know, we've had some really good players. You know, Mark Paduka was world-class at his time. You know, Mark Bosnich was world-class at his time. There's not too many players um, who, as Australians, we could say, you know what, uh, at any point, a given point in time, uh, you know, he could have been the best in his position in the world. And, uh, mm. and you know, Bozza would have been possibly the closest because if you look at the competition Harry Kuehl had in his position and Mark Viduka had in their position, possibly not. But uh, the best player for all round uh, for me uh, uh, is Craig Moore, mate. Uh, just because he's, he's, I mean, he's, a, he's, 
not, not not purely on his football ability, but uh, mate, as a bloke, and uh, you know, we got to play together at Rangers and uh, and win the, the treble that year, and uh, you know, we grew up together since you know seventeen and went through and played um, national teams mm-hmm. together. And it's more about you know everything. The definition changes, as I said, and uh, I remember going out to. Uh, Germany and uh, you know having his young young boy on his shoulders when he stood up to take the penalty. So all those things, you know, all that that emotion side comes flooding back, mate. So uh, yeah, he's uh, he's uh, he's a top man, mate. He's a top bloke. I hope your coaching career continues on the massive upward trajectory that you're on, and then, you know you're yeah. doing things in Europe and Ange's doing stuff in Asia. You can coach one club, one club on the planet. Who are you choosing? Oh. Oh, and completely hypothetical. Yeah, it's. I mean, yep. I grew. I grew up. Uh, I. Uh, I grew up uh, supporting and following Liverpool. Uh, right. You know, early eighties, obviously in the eighties, that uh, you know, you you're a Man United, I think, or a Liverpool fan growing up. Uh, yep. You know, outside of the uh, United Kingdom, so I grew up as a Liverpool fan, and you know this. You know, past few years have been you know unbelievable. I went to the uh, Champions League final last year. I was in uh, Madrid to watch that, and uh, you know, watch Liverpool beat Spurs, and that was an unbelievable experience. And uh, <laughs> so, it, it, it you know, it'd be it'd be hard for me to to say uh, anybody else uh, apart from Liverpool. So you take charge of the Reds <laughs> next year. Things go well. In Belgium, and yeah. the next year you're in charge of the Reds, and they come to you and say, "Righto, we've got an open checkbook, coach. Yeah. You can pick any player on the planet currently to come and join us here at Anfield. Who are you picking?" Oof. These are hard ones. Yeah, they are because uh, you know, look at the players that uh, in our or in in this last decade, if you like, have been um, uh, you know Messi and and Ronaldo. Uh, and even Neymar, not to, not in the same sense, not in the same conversation, but they've uh, you know dictated everything. But they're at the end of their careers, mm. uh, so it's more about uh, um, you know who's next and and who can we get the best uh, best value out. Of. I think that the the best next young players uh, from uh, the French Mbappe, the uh, Paris Saint Germain. Now Mbappe, Neymar. Too many bodies in the way. Mbappe for his fourth. PSG have five and Mbappe has four of them. He's possibly going to uh, take things by storm once. Uh, and the big void's going to be... Uh, yeah, imagine the world without Ronaldo and without Messi in, in, in a couple of years' time, mate. It'll be... Uh, un, you know, you can't really think about it. But I think he's got the best scope to be the next uh, biggest thing to take over their mantle. It's going to cost a bit. Yeah, well, yeah, thankfully uh, the, the owners are very generous. <laughs> As I said, two yeah. questions to go. Now you yeah. get the daughter. Uh, the question from okay. my daughter, Sky, who is 10, um, operates as the pickle. I told her a little bit about your current circumstances <laughs> and this is what she came up with. Hi, Masky Pickle here. I <laughs> love pancakes, especially with chocolate sauce. But I heard that the waffles in Belgium are amazing. Is that true or not? <laughs> oh, oh, uh, pickle, I'm going to have to disappoint you. I haven't had the opportunity oh. to. I haven't oh. had the opportunity to sample them yet. Uh, current circumstances. Uh, right, understand the current, understand the current circumstances, but uh, I'm also led to believe uh, uh, <laughs> that they are, and it's the timing as well, uh, Harry. The when when I first arrived, it was the. 
the fries and mussels that were the um, yeah, so that was the uh, were they the good local del yeah very good the fry I was hoping that the fries wouldn't be as good as they were. <laughs> <laughs> because you're, you're not so tempted to keep getting them, but uh, yeah, and, and and the beer's bloody good out here as well, oh. people. You, uh, when you well. when you get get old enough to travel, it's uh, certainly a destination of choice if you if you like a, well, you, a beer or you, two. You go into the pub and there's the dark and the brown oh. and the light and the white, and she's uh, yeah. it's just a smorgasbord, Kev. Yeah, it's uh, and you know what? Lo- there's nothing better than local knowledge because uh, <laughs> you. Uh, I made the mistake of, uh, yeah, that one looks good, or someone says, uh, you know, stitching you up, mate, try this one, and yeah, it's nice. And it's like, you know, 12.9% or something. Like, and the, the next morning, your head's throbbing, you know, mate, what, what happened last, what happened last night? I said, you know, mate, yeah, some of them are just way too strong, mate. Nothing. Hey, you've had, um, yeah. you've had, you've had, um, You've had a lot of success and we've talked about your kids and my kids and I always say this at the end that we're really fortunate on this show, Kev, that um, a lot of people listen with their kids Yeah. Um, and hopefully they can all go and do their own thing soon and get back to footy training and soccer training, going for a surf and a ride and go to the yeah. gym or, or being a mathematician or getting back to school and achieving what they want in life. You've had a very successful career um, and as a father you would have more weight with this answer but for youngsters growing up listening to this, if they want to try and have some success, mm. what little bit of advice could you give them, Kev? I think, um, you know, from from my own uh, personal situation, I've uh, always, uh, uh, you know, said to the kids and, you know, we speak about, uh, you follow your dreams um, because uh, there's, a, there's a greater chance of um, applying yourself if you're in, enjoying something. Uh, so I think it's important to find out uh, and, and find out what you enjoy. You know, you spoke about your uh, your son, Harry, and his, you know, soccer now, he's trying footy. Oh, I think it's great, mate. Oh, I think it's because, you know, ultimately he'll, he'll, he'll decide and, you know, his character and, and personality and, uh, you know, his friends will help him because, you know, Pierre, we all get dragged to the front. Mm. And, and ultimately you find something that you enjoy and that might be, you know, academics, that might be science, it, it might be maths. Um, but I, I, the, from there, once you really establish what it is that you truly enjoy, um, you know, leave no stone unturned. Give it everything you've possibly got. Um, and I always say to, you know, my kids and even younger, you know, people that are in the team, you know, reach for the bloody stars. You know, why, why, you know, someone puts limitations on you. I, I, I never set goals because, you know, what happens when you get there? There's nothing left. Yeah. You know, I, 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 so reach for the bloody stars. And, and you know what, you know, I'm going to get to... You know, 70, 80 odd, and I'll think to myself, you know, I, I didn't quite, maybe I didn't quite get to the stars, but, you know, I, I got somewhere close and I reckon I'll be satisfied with that. And same, you know, for the next generation, once you establish and what you really love, you know, give it everything, go for it, uh, and maybe reach for the stars because uh, you, you, it's an unbelievable ride that you'll enjoy uh, and, and hopefully be successful in. I love that answer. That yeah. That is an outstanding answer. And, I wanted to say to you, I was really looking forward to chatting with you because you've always, not knowing you that well, but watching you, you've always done things with tremendous passion. You're yeah. you're a passionate man, and you're passionate about your sport and your family and your club. So, mate, I've loved having a chat with you and weaving yeah. our way through England and now Belgium. <laughs> What's it been like to to sit there in isolation and have a bit of a chinwag about where you've got to? 
No, I appreciate it as well, Howie, and, uh, and uh, you know, for you to reach out. And, uh, and you're doing good stuff, mate. I've listened to uh, quite a bit, mate, now of them. Uh, uh, and you're doing good stuff, mate, uh, you know, Thanks. taking us through some, uh, some, some people's lives and uh, hopefully, um, you know, your listeners will get some, you know, take some good out of this one. They will. I appreciate it, Kev. You're a good man. Stay safe and good no, luck. And may we see you coaching Liverpool sometime <laughs> in the future. Good on you, Harry. Thanks, mate. Have a nice night. Bye-bye. Wow. You have now heard what Kev gave up, leaving Melbourne victory and Australia. The size of the punt he took and the red tape and attitudes he had to battle to be recognised. What a great reward to be installed as head coach. Jump on board St. Truden in the Belgium Pro League. They're now my favourite team in Belgium. Jump on board and support, Kev. I will be. Thanks to Kev for sharing his story with typical honesty. Keep sending through the suggestions for the 100th episode, please. Thanks to Darcy Thompson for sticking this one together, as always. And thanks to you beautiful, beautiful people out there for listening. And do not miss the superstar, Lauren Jackson, next Thursday. Until then, peace and love. And we can do it if we try, try, try. If we try, try, try. Try, try, try. Listener.